Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hi. Hi. I've got Kathy's uh, microphone in a different way now. We m- we messed with your microphone, and it's so much better. And it was partially because it started to come loose. So we're like, let's try a new angle. Right. It was coming loose, and so what was happening is she was having to grab it all the time because <laughs> yeah. it was, like, moving around, and it was disturbing her. And so we moved it around, and now it's better, and now she's not. I mean, I've been witnessing it today going well. I'm not hitting it every two seconds. Does it feel okay to yeah, you? Okay, feels better. good. Everyone and, and can she hear gave me, you. She gave me a pillow, and that was a nice thing. There's a little pillow I gave you. You know, these are the ins and outs yeah. of podcasting. Mm-hmm. I had to get her a pillow, and now it's better. It's all better. It's all part of the full service production producing that we do here. I'm strapped in like I'm going to space. <laughs> it's true. You mm-hmm. haven't moved around as nearly as much as normal. Mm-mm. So it's good stuff. You must be more comfortable. I hear you are still enjoying the My Best oh Friend's my Exorcism book by Grady Hendrix that I recommended. <laughs> it's like Christmas every time I open it. <laughs> I am so gleeful that you are like it so much. It is. Because I truly enjoyed it. I'm like 60, 65% in and... I'm already sad that I'm over halfway done because <laughs> you're like it's going to end. You feel like you're watching a small group of teenage friends that like you are vicariously part of and mm-hmm. all of the 80s innuendos and the funny I'll, I'll bring it next time because there were a couple lines that I yeah, read do that. you know where they just they go <laughs> they're <laughs> describing this is not funny, but j- I know we use like gallows humor. But it's on fiction. The, yeah. Okay. Like when they're talking, because this is how outdated schools used to be when they talked about having slave day. Yeah. Oh my God. And it, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because that is something that they actually would have thought of doing. So that's how they taught history. Mm-hmm. And in, in the book, they're talking about how you got to got assigned to either be a master or a slave for the day. And then you could literally get the kid to do whatever he wanted. Ridiculous. Um, but there's other, there's but that other, is totally something they would have done in the eighties yes. to think, to believe errantly that they were giving people some kind of cultural lesson. Yes. So in the context of this book, which is quite funny in a lot of places, oh although God. these scene, these particular scenes she's talking about are maybe start as like, oh my God, they're really doing that. And so you sort of chuckle out of being uncomfortable. And then of course it goes to hell. It's not great like at the, all. The, but the play where they're talking about Al Jolson. Oh like, my I, God, I mean, <laughs> it's just bad. But also such great writing because he's really talking about how it was. It orients you to the time. It very much yeah. orients you to the time so that you can be, a, you know, gasp at the... <laughs> But it's issue. written, it's so clever. It really orients you to the time. But then there's a lot of really funny stuff about just, mm-hmm. you know, they'll make comments about like a certain product that they're using right. or like certain clothing that they're wearing. And the way, you know, the songs that they, that's like a must every time it comes on the radio in the car. And it, it, 
it's so flipping good. And then there is a lot of mystery around like what is actually happening yeah. to Gretchen. So and there's a Spotify list of all the music. Every chapter <laughs> is an 80s song. Right. So, you know, you get to one and it's like, you know, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, Jenny, or, yeah. you know, like that. And then the next chapter is like Sunday, bloody Sunday or whatever. It's so cool. I'm thoroughly enjoying. He's just a great writer. He is. And yeah. I'm, We've mentioned this a hundred times. I could literally ed- edit together every time we've talked about my best friend's exorcism, probably into a whole episode where we, just, where we just talk about it ad nauseum. But I'm I'm reading the one that came after that, which is sort of like an adjunct one. Yeah. Right? I'll read clubs, it next. Yes. And then Grady's coming out with a new one. Yeah. The final girl final, support group yeah. is coming out. It's already out, actually. When this episode airs, it will have already been out for a couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. yay. Very good. We are also, we have a book club on our Discord, which is part of our Patreon membership. And right now we're reading World War Z, which is a very different kind of book. And it's very different from the movie. What I'm going to try to do is as we finish up this book, which I think sometime in August, we're going to be done with this particular book for the book club. I spread it out a little bit more because of the way the chapters are in this book Mm -hmm. and also because it's summer. And so like, let's have a slower pace, right? It's very different from the movie. I'm kind of planning to read this book and finish it up in August sometime and then watch the movie. Mm -hmm. And then sort of maybe, you know, maybe you and I could talk about the book and the movie. How different it is. And how different it is. Like I'm thinking finish the book up in August sometime. And then as part of a segment on the show, we could read, you know, watch the movie and then talk about both. Yeah. Because it's kind of rare that you and I have both read the book and then yeah. watched the movie. That's kind of a rare and I'm, thing. And I'm liking them both for different reasons. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear you say that. We've only gotten through first hundred pages. The first hundred pages or so as of the recording of this episode. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we are, we have a lot to go. It's yeah. a pretty big book. So our next segment is something we like to call... Facts with Kath. Oh, she's playing with the tune, guys. She's that was playing it was, with the It tunes. was like ghosty. Okay. All right, number one. The opening sequence gives a nod to John Carpenter's Halloween, and the exterior of the house with glowing red eyes gives a nod to Stuart Rosenberg's The Amityville Horror, the 1979 version. Number two. It combines elements from the slasher, psychological, and supernatural horror subgenres. Number three, the story follows two siblings who are being haunted by the spirit of their mother's vindictive boyfriend, who they killed 20 years prior. His ghost is released after a mirror is shattered. Number four, John Carradine was cast in a secondary role to enhance the film's overall commercial appeal. And number five, all children are told to be scared of him. Freddy Krueger. No, I, I'm kidding. I, that's not it. I have no idea what the answer is. The Boogeyman. Ah! 1980. 1980, they, they, huh? made, they made one called Boogeyman late, like in the early 2000s. That's not this, based on the same film. But this is the the where that like creature whatever you know all little kids i have never seen that movie yeah it's 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 actually it's one of those that like i knew about too early no it's one of those ones you have a lot of those yeah john carradine was in i all i see him in is is uh um revenge of the nerds so it's hard for me to see him like a like a but he is freaky and yeah this is a class the boogeyman's a classic we should do 
You know, we should really do a playlist of all the movies Kathy saw too early. We could. I'm, I mean, I genuinely think you need to make a list. I can't make that list for you, so. Okay. Make that list. I, make I know it. of a couple. All right. But make a list, and then I'll watch them all, and then we will investigate Kathy's psyche. The movies that, I'm just teasing. The movies that she saw too early. Because I do feel like there's a list there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the 80s with brothers, a mom who loved horror, and my mom's best friend who loved horror. And that and that there's not, it's not every movie that you saw too early. No. It's just the movies you saw before the age of eight. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Quite a few. Yeah. It might take us a while. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's do buddy watches of all the movies that traumatized Kathy oh for the God. next. <laughs> no, I'm just curious what the this list one would I include. I only remember bits and parts of though. I think it was it'd be like on at my mom's friend's house, just like. But that's playing. what I'm saying because yeah. I remember when we first started this whole thing, mm-hmm. our very first episode that you know you can only really listen to if you're a patron and have the code to, to our website, because yeah. we've taken down most of the old ones because they were literally the sound in my, you know, dining room around the table. But our very first episode was we watched happy birthday to me. We did. And we actually watched it together in my living room <laughs> because you hadn't seen it since you were four or whatever, because it traumatized you like so bad. Six. Yeah. And it was really pretty great watching it with her because she was having all the same little like, six-year-old reactions it, honestly, to it it's not a bad movie though no i'm no but yeah. you were having six-year-old reactions like, oh to it. i remember this part you were like oh that. oh yeah. oh you were yeah. like literally reacting like yeah. a kid would it was great so anyway let's re-traumatize kathy cool we? let's okay. go let's call that let's name the episode that <laughs> re-traumatizing kathy <laughs> i think you have some it, it was enough for me to fall in love with horror there, yeah no see that's the dialectic of it right yep. the good and the bad of that experience was that i mean i'm also a halloween baby but yeah you ended up just being you ended up making it work for yourself i did i believe you have some announcements i do I found another little ditty. Remember I brought up the horror gnomes last? Yeah. I do. So I, <sighs> this one is really cool though. So it, there, if you've never heard of the company Park Sense, like smell scent. Okay. Uh, it says relive the adventure. So they create candles that are, that, that the sense takes you somewhere nostalgic or something that you want to bottle up and take with you. Oh, okay. Okay. They have one called the Halloween horror candle. <laughs> This is awesome. So evade danger as you enter this scare zone. Make your way through the screams and the fog, but be warned the night lives on. Limited edition, updated for 2020. You can still get it. This isn't your typical Halloween candle. There is not any pumpkin or sugar here. (laughs) Enjoy the smell of- It smells like blood. No, enjoy the smell of fog, scenery, and screams. Perfect for living room, but it's it's the smell like when you're going through a haunted house. I was just going to say the fog smell when we go to Halloween Horror Night. They have a lot of different ones. Kathy's totally going to buy the fog one. I am. I know. I know. I can't wait. And then my other one, my niece actually, my nephew-in-law actually told me about this one because I was just there visiting them. And apparently, and you may have heard of this because you've been to Colorado. Apparently, they shut it down. There was a lot of conspiracy around the original owner maybe being, you know, a Me Too guy. So he's out. There's a new owner. So people look it up. Oh, I've heard about that. But there's a new owner now. It's reopened. But there's actually a horror bar in Denver Mm. that has all horror theme, like drinks and cocktails. And I'm like, I want to go to this thing. It looks like a little divey hole in the wall. 
whatever, but they've reopened it with new ownership and it looks pretty cool. It looks like one of those like landmarks you should go to if you're in the area. Yeah. It sounds absolutely like you should go to it. So it's a lot of fun. I'm glad to hear that uh, there's a new owner and that they salvaged it after the drama. They did. I would hate for it to go away because of that. Yeah, because if you if you look it up, the first thing that will come up is the controversy is all the news controversy. It. But yeah, it's it's under new ownership. But if you investigate a little farther, yep. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah. I always, whenever you bring these things that are like other places besides LA, I'm like, hot road trip. (laughs) I know. And I just, I also want to be like. The thing where we take six months off of work and we drive around the country. (laughs) To all the different horror bars. Because you know there's probably a bunch. Oh, I'm sure. If only. These are the fantasies, right? Folks, we all want to quit our job and do the fun things. But I don't see any reason why we can't take a couple weeks a year to do shit like that. Why not? So we did a buddy watch and this one was my choice. So this is a movie that I probably saw too young, but for me too young was not four or six for me too young was probably 12. (laughs) I was much more sheltered in my, in my viewing. I grew up with people who did not let me watch things. So do you want to hear a fun fact of Kath about this movie? Okay, can I say the name first, or do you want to do the fun? No, I'm going to say this first, just because when people say it, they might make the... Sounds good. I actually didn't see this when I was younger, because I was terrified of the cover box. It's, yes. That is a great fun fact for Kath, because this is a movie. This movie, so last time I picked a buddy watch, it was Rosemary's Baby. So a couple weeks ago, I did that. But this is my Rosemary's Baby. Mm. So... When we used to do uh, haunted houses at my house for Halloween parties, I have an old crib that looks like the crib on this cover box, and I would stage the scene at like the end of a hallway to be spooky. With strobe lights and stuff. That's right, with yeah. strobe lights, and it looked like it had a baby inside. And the movie is called It's Alive, with an exclamation mark at the end. 1974 horror movie, and it's 90 minutes long, and I recommend you see it if you have not. Let me read the little synopsis. Leaving their son, Chris, with a family friend, Frank and Lenore Davis head to the hospital for the birth of their second child, which turns out to be a mutant who kills many doctors and nurses as it escapes. Convinced his monstrous son must be destroyed, Frank ignores Lenore and Chris's pleas and tries to destroy the freakish progeny, unaware that the infant may be the blameless product of an experimental drug gone wrong. It's a fun little monster movie. (laughs) And it It, scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. I was watching this on the plane back and I shared this with you in my text to you. Yeah. But every time I heard babies crying, I would, I would like wake up (laughs) because I had watched the movie and then I kind of nodded off and I would hear babies like screaming or crying on the plane. I'm like, it's, it's alive (laughs) because this thing is terrifying. And, And I also have, if people were around when we did, the David Lynch series and we chose Eraserhead as one of the films, I had this weird empathy towards the creature. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of do for this baby as well. And yeah. like how the father like really tries to protect him at the end. And it's like not his fault that it's he's... It's pretty dramatic. It the is. End. Like here's what I didn't know because I literally, it's like the movies we were talking about for you. I have not watched this movie since I was traumatized by it. Yeah. I mean, maybe once when I was of age, I watched it but 
I don't, I didn't remember most of it. There were flashes of a couple scenes. There's a milk scene and a scene where it gets born and then kills all of the doctors and nurses. And let me tell you, it's like a Greek tragedy in the sense that it's like many of 70s movies where the horror and the bloody gore happens off screen. Like the actual killing is not what you're watching. Right. You're watching the aftermath. In the beginning, it builds and then right. later you do. But so my experience watching this now was very different but i also one of the things i did not clue into as a young person watching this movie certainly as a scared young person is that that performance by the dad by frank is exceptional like yes. real genuine acting emotion like mm -hmm. so torn mm -hmm. and those moments in the end when he is when he really takes in the fact that it's his baby and then tries to protect it, mm -hmm. it was, it, it moved me it actually, a bit there. It, it actually made me sad. Like, yeah, um, it really did move me. And I don't know if it was just a metaphor for like children who aren't born healthy and just right. the way that the world sees them as like demonic or monstrous. Cause you right. know, there was a time whether it was mental health or any sort of physical disability meant that they shouldn't live or that they were shunned. And so mm -hmm. obviously, you know, maybe the cigar is just a cigar, but at the same time I watch this and I watch the way that he's protecting this child who didn't choose to be born this way. And he realizes like it's, it's part of him and he's protecting him. And the, in the, the, the officer keeps saying, drop it. Yeah. Just drop it. Like it's an it's like it's a thing but that's disgusting. Kid, but he's like, this is my child. And it, it just, it ends up actually being very tragic. Yeah. And there's some scenes before that in his realization where you really understand that he's just, he's just attaching to the baby. Yes. And because he sees the baby's real pain and that actually mirrors developmental processes too, because when babies are born to a male and a female person, Often the dad is the person that attaches, you know, a year later, Yeah, you know, mom's attachment for the first chunk of time. And then eventually dad attaches to the baby. Right. And the baby attaches to dad, but that's usually later. And that, and I thought that was really interesting how they did that. I, yep. I, I of course would not have clued into that when I was a kid, but, but he's attaching to a, a killer baby. Right. Right. So it sounds ludicrous. Right. But there is genuine emotion and interest mm -hmm. in this that I had. It's actually rather intense, which I which I was not remembering. And just like in, and this is the time, obviously, but just like in Rosemary's Baby, mm -hmm. they infantilize the mother. Yeah, like of she course. she shows up very like giggly and childish and watching cartoons, and it's like yeah, this mother just carried a demon. I'm pretty sure she's not that weak. Yeah, and you can imagine how that was reacted to having just come out of the 60s yeah. and all the civil rights that were happening at the time. Yeah. I don't know because I wasn't in that world at that point, but I, I did want to mention that I watched this with Ice and Pepper, <laughs> who are two of our friends and patrons on our Discord, and I listened to them fight about it basically because pepper was absolutely disturbed mm. by what she calls the fucked up baby <laughs> So, <laughs> because 
it's scary and so that's what i was so that this is so we 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 tackled the uh socio-political part of this now we're gonna go towards the goofy ridiculous part of this the damn baby is creepy and scary and it's got fangs and here's what i was expecting i wasn't encephalitis right and i wasn't expecting that you can google pictures of the it's a live baby but this is what I remember. I just remember being freaked out and creeped out by the messed up baby, the monster mutant baby. And that really creeped me out as a young person. And I was very happy to say that it was still creepy. And yes. Pepper and Ice were creeped out by it. And I was happy to, because you know how a lot of times you see movies that are that old and you're like, yeah, no, not so much. Right. No, no. This one is creepy. Baby is It is. Creepy. And I think, because the cover box, you just see the claw. I know. It's gross. And the movie keeps the baby in shadows. Now, here's the thing that I did not know that I was informed by my friends is that there are two sequels. Yeah. <laughs> there's it a lives. two and a three. So at the very end of this one, you you kind of figure out that there's more. And so more oh, of these that's babies. Right. Yes. They're like another woman just delivered one. Yes. And, blah, blah, and that's blah. the last line. Like yeah. another another one's been born, I think yeah. the guy says. It's like, like another, another one. In oh, another state. Crap. Yeah. yeah. So then there's it's alive two and three. Uh and that's how but I didn't know that. Like as he, like I was I knew never there was two. I didn't know there were three. I think there's an island one. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It lives on an island. It sounds ridiculous. The whole thing sounds ridiculous, but listen, it's a little bit better than you think it will be. That's yeah, my whole no, point, I guess. The original's good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for watching that with me. Sure. Thanks for letting me put you through that. You're we also watched with friends on the Discord 13 Ghosts and Fear Street Part 1, which is there's a part 2 and a part 3 that are probably now out by the time you're listening to this. So we'll watch 2 and 3 here coming up. But I programmed 13 Ghosts because it's one of my favorite 90s movies. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stream all the time. It doesn't. So when I saw that it was there, I immediately programmed it for a group watch because I was like, oh, shit. Everybody loves this movie, except for, of course, there's a couple people that don't love it. But uh, you like 13 Ghosts too, right? I do. Was it fun? I, I thought it was fun it's to always watch a it fun with wa- It's always a fun watch because the ghosts it are is. so cool. And like we were saying on our Discord, we were having a discussion about, um, I think Blue actually pulled it up too, all the different um, backstories of the ghosts. Yeah, Like they put so much in, it was the Black Zodiac Page. And there's name. They have names, yeah. and a couple of our patrons like knew all the names of the ghosts. Yeah, I no, was very impressed. The, the amount of um, effort they put into the backstories, because essentially what happens is how you see the ghost in in its physical form is where it was and what it looked like when it died. Yes. So, yes. So amazing. I just love that movie. Now I know that it's nineties campy, whatever. But we all have our favorite nineties movies that have like forty five. They all have like forty five people you recognize in them. I'm about to make you watch one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. And so does the audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all right. I made you watch It's Alive from 1974. So, <laughs> And I've made you watch some other really shit you didn't want to watch. So that's how we do it here. It is. And that's how we get exposed to other things, which is super fun. And then we both watched Fear Street Part 1, which is Fear Street Part 1, 1994, on topic with the 13 ghosts. You see how I did that? You did? Um, yes. You see how I programmed that. Let me do the little synopsis. After a series of brutal slayings, a teen and her friends 
take on an evil force that plagued their notorious town for centuries. It's an hour and 45 minutes long, and it's streaming now. What were your initial thoughts about this? I thought it was fun. It was fun. You know, and it's based on Arl Stein, who really, I mean, when you watch it, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got Um, that style. I always like when they have LGBTQ characters in horror because it's very rare. And in this movie, and then and also that the movie's not about that either. They just happen right. to be, yeah. you know, so that's cool. Um, it had, it was fun. So it has elements of a lot of the 90s slashers like Scream. You're going to get a lot of the same like music and costumes and mannerisms, even the way some of the lines are delivered <laughs> and some of the kills reminded me a lot of Scream. Yeah. It, it's fun. You know, it's not a, gr- I don't think it's a great movie. If you're looking for like, oh, this is, I'd watch this five times. But if you want to sit down and just watch something fun and nostalgic, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I think it honors, I think what people were saying now, I haven't, you know, I'm not like a huge R.L. Stein person, but they were, they were sort of saying that it honors the style, yeah. you know, that, that style. Totally. And, and there's one of the things I read was like retro slasher appeal, right? Like yes. it has that appeal. And I know you like slashers quite a bit and so do I. So it's, it's a lot of fun and it's the first in the trilogy. And so I'll, I'll personally be watching the other two. Sure, of course, me too. And uh, we'll follow up with you on that. But it was fun to watch with a group as well. Yep. I mean, I think those things are pretty fun. So what's something else that you watched? I watched a documentary called Why Horror? Um, It's actually from 2014. It's a Canadian documentary film directed by Nicholas Kleiman and Rob Lindsay. It's the documentary falls horror movie fan and journalist Tal Zimmerman as he tries to look at the reasons why people enjoy the horror genre. The genre is globally popular and is present in a wide variety of formats, books, music, graphics, art, you know, all that. So what he does is he feel he talks about how the genre fans are often misunderstood, over pathologized. Tal's conflicted over how he can be disturbed by gruesome imagery showcased in the news, but thrives on blood and guts found in movies. So he goes around, he interviews a lot of people, but what's great too is John Carpenter's in it. Eli Roth is in it. They interview like a bunch of Elijah Wood is in it. So there's a lot of like cool interviews with some of these guys as well that, that just talk about uh, the trajectory and the development of the genre. And even so much, they'll talk about like, why do women love horror so much when they tend to be objectified so much? And for, so they talk about how obviously the, the horror genre for women ha- has really changed and women sure. are much more empowered in them now, but also the concept of the final girl always survives. So, you know, <laughs> in horror movies, even even back in the day when we had the objectification of all these, there was always one strong girl that would live. Now, granted, at that time, it was the virgin. Right. Um, and there was a message around that. But there is something cool about going, okay, but it's always the girl at the end who lives because <laughs> the guys are killed off or whatever. Right. And they, were, they talked about how 60% of horror fans are actually female 60 to 40 mm-hmm. it's more women than men which we I find think that is cool. in our listeners too yeah that's awesome and then they did a whole study on the snuggle theory do you know what this is <laughs> no please, okay please tell us so they did a, a a psychological study on how men enjoyed horror films more again this is heteronormative yes of course. men enjoyed of course it is horror films more <laughs> if women did not and they needed the man's protection. So if they took a girl to the to the movies and she liked it, they didn't like the movie as much. And then women liked it more if the guy was 
like <laughs> protecting her. Dirt. I'm like, what is this? 198. When was the study? Yes. So, so this, it's kind of, you know, because we've, there's a lot out there on why people watch horror, but I liked this documentary because it went off on some of these like really random yes. kind of things. Um, no, I like that. So That's really interesting. It's, it was fun. I think it was. And on, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm not going to judge men for that. Like that's no, just a, it's that's primal. an instinct. It's it, it, primal. It's a total primal instinct, but it was just kind of funny that they called it the snuggle theory, right? <laughs> yeah. um, that's amazing, actually. And I just, yeah, I just thought it was cool too that 60% of fans are female. So uh, there's just some primitive or primal, you know, reactions to horror. Well, yeah. But, but I think that- it, it, it has a lot of primal instinct stuff in it, right? Right. And the other part that they talked about, which I think is really true for someone like myself who has, you know, panic and anxiety. Um, they talk about how it's the closest you can get to, you know, experiencing fear without actually being a part of it. And it allows us to manifest and feel in control of really scary feelings, um, and I think a lot of people don't ever really think about that. They think people who watch horror must have an obsession with gore and death and all that. And it's like, it's, it's more so what it elicits mm -hmm. and yeah, the gore and the death when it's made up is kind of fun too, but it really is about being that close to that feeling and feeling in control of it. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, that's our whole thing here, right? Is yeah. That there's so much more to so much more. what we get psychologically out of horror and, and really depathologizing. Yeah, the so horror it, viewer. It's fun. It's narrated by Elijah Wood. Um, there's a lot of really good people in it, and I recommend it if you like documentaries, this kind of stuff. Sure. So, yeah. Have you seen The Crazies, the 2010 version, yeah. the remake? Okay, so I... I, well, I think when it came out, I did. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's from 2010. So I just watched it and mm -hmm. I really had forgot. I, I don't know if I had ever seen this. I don't think... I maybe have said I didn't... I've never seen this movie before because I... I don't it's know, a remake, there was like yeah. parts of it that I remembered. So maybe I saw the original, but then the other parts, like not so much. But, you know, I love Timothy Oliphant. Yep. So that's why I watched it. That's why I definitely wanted to watch it. So it's 2010 horror mystery thriller, hour and 41 minutes, The Crazies it's a remake. I mean, it's nicely shot. It's intelligent, actually, more intelligent than you think it is. It's R rated. Let me read the movie info here anarchy reigns when an unknown toxin turns the peaceful citizens of ogden marsh into bloodthirsty lunatics <sighs> in an effort to contain the spread of the infection authorities blockade the town and use deadly force to keep anyone from getting in or out now trapped among the killers, Sheriff Dutton, played by Timothy Oliphant, and his wife, Radna Mitchell, and two companions must band together to find a way out before madness and death overtake them. I like this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, it's it's just a solid watch. I don't know that there's there's nothing particularly new going no. on here. I usually like Radna Mitchell, too. She's good. Yeah, good, good. No, I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fine. I remember when it came out, I saw, I may have seen it in the theater. I don't remember, but. Yeah, I mean, it got mixed reviews, but I thought yeah. it was smarter than I thought it was going to be. And it was a little bit scarier than I thought it was going to be. There were a couple of shots that were pretty great. You know, the guy with the pitchfork and mm -hmm. he's dragging it along the road, you know, yep. dragging it along the metal and stuff. Like there's some genuinely like good filmic horror moments. And I feel like if we were going to look at, you know, 2010, I, I might add it to, 
you know, a top list for okay. that year. Well, like well. I, I, like I really enjoyed it. And I just, maybe it's cause I enjoy zombies. Maybe it's because I enjoy Timothy Oliphant and maybe it's because I just enjoy like a solid watch. Did you like, watch it after we did the horror facts on it? Did it, is that cause I yeah, remember like recently, like yeah. in the last Yeah. Cause two I had weeks. said Timothy Oliphant and you're like, Ooh, I gotta, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, yes. And I read and I watched it in the last two weeks. So I took your recommendation and, and I, uh, and it wasn't actually my suggestion to watch it. So something came together for me, Kathy. I think that's lovely. <laughs> what else did you watch? I watched a movie called Homewrecker. It's okay. a B, it's a B movie on, I think it's Netflix. This was really interesting. I mean, another one of those performances where I'm just like, oh God, I never want to see you in anything ever again. <laughs> but it was so good, right? Yes. So <laughs> it got better reviews than I, like it was, to me it was okay, but I think because the main character is so incredibly borderline. And even though it's only an hour and like 25 minutes long at the end, you, you just like want to kill her. Like she's just so, so it's, it's, it's about Ooh, no, it's short. It's 74 minutes, 74 minutes. Yeah. And it's low budge. It's very low budget, mm -hmm. but, but the acting, the performances are actually quite good. Of course. Great. And, uh, Amazing. So it's about, it takes, takes place all in literally in this woman's house. So, this younger woman who's an interior designer, she goes to uh, this gym that the other woman starts to attend as well. And one day she's sitting in the coffee shop and she's she's a, she's doing her work. And I forgot I I don't have the characters' names up. I'm so sorry because I couldn't find the okay the thing. She goes up to the interior designer and she's just like, "Oh my gosh, where have I seen you before? I keep running into you and." you know, I'm such and such. And she's like going thinking, Oh God, okay. I'm just trying to do my work in here, but I'll be nice. And you can tell that she has no <laughs> boundaries at all because she doesn't really know. It looks how like to... the main character is Linda. Okay. So Linda doesn't know really like how to say no to her. Right? <laughs> right. And long story short, she's like, well, I need some interior designing. And Linda takes this as an opportunity as much as she's annoyed by her takes it as an opportunity to go to her house and check out what needs to be done. Long story short, she gets there and this woman won't let her leave. She's like, come on, just stay for a drink. And she's like, I don't really want to drink. It's like 12 in the afternoon. I should be working. <laughs> and she's like, just let, let's talk about boys. Like she's got this very childish, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden it's, you start to, you, you already know something's off you about her. She's off. Well, it looks like maybe it's Michelle. Okay. It says Michelle's in her early thirties. Linda's in her late forties. Oh, so Linda, Linda's the one who Michelle's is. an interior designer. There you go. And Linda lives alone and fills her days with painting and exercise. Okay. And so Lin <laughs> Linda won't let Michelle leave. Gotcha. Okay. And so Linda is, then she wants to, then she wants to play this old like eighties board game with like, 80s hunks you know and she's like play and, and she's like if I, play, if I play this game with you well will then you let me leave and she's like yeah and then it becomes violent she starts to yeah to you know hit her over the head with stuff won't let her leave but previous to this yes just like personality disorder people do is yeah. she's starting to gather all this personal information about michelle and starting to use to that, use against, that her. against her. Yes. And I won't give it away, but it all ties in at the end that there's a reason why Linda has okay. been actually following her. And so the, the, the performances of both of these women are really great, but by the 74 minutes, you want to kill Linda. <laughs> okay. Like I couldn't watch more than You're 74 minutes. You're done. You're done. Yeah. 
that's fair but it and it's also billed as a comedy horror so it, it, it is that whereas yeah you can't find it as funny because we've actually worked and known people with that particular pathology and it's not as funny when you have like a trauma trigger in your mind around yeah. it <laughs> but i can see how it would be so outrageous that it would be oh. funny to people. Yeah, well, and then those part like where she wants to play, and then the the movie that she puts in for them to watch is a VHS version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> so she's like clearly living in the eighties, oh you know. She's like, don't you think that she goes? What do you think the number one message of this movie is? And, and Michelle goes, "Live your dream." She's like, "Live your dreams." That's you know, right. it's like, so oh there's gosh. some fun. There's some like dark comedy in there. Yeah, like she's funny. I'm sure. But God, you want to kill her? Oh, okay, I do. I don't even have to watch it. I don't want to kill her. I watched a movie called The Eighth Night. Okay. Korean. Almost two hours long. 2021. So pretty new. The description is with prayer beads in one hand and an axe in the other. (laughs) A monk hunts down a millennial old spirit that's possessing humans and unleashing hell on earth. It came out uh, July 2nd. I enjoyed this movie it's a horror thriller and it's got possession and incredibly creepy young people in it (laughs) there's these moments where these these okay so this millennia old spirit possesses humans along the way and it passes it passes it along throughout the movie to several different mostly young people and then there's this monk who's an older guy who is you know our hero trying to be our hero i won't give away the end because it's more complicated than that of course okay but one of the really fun horror parts of this is when these people get possessed because they the actors do a really great job of the dead eyes and the weird creepy smile sure and if you play the trailer or look at it in any way, it's on Netflix. You'll see some of the creep factor. But if you if you like that sort of, you know, old spirit possesses people in the here and now and there's creepy people acting, you know, like they've been possessed by demons. Yeah. And it's also got, you know, a Korean sensibility, which, as I've mentioned, ad nauseum, I enjoy. Yeah. It's got that too. I thought it was a solid movie. I mean, a two-hour movie these days, generally for me, needs a bit of an edit. Oh, yeah. But it's not to say that I wasn't entertained by it the whole time, but certainly there were a couple parts that we could we could have shaved that down to 135. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little 20 minutes out of there. That happens. Would have been fine. I also, but I, I still recommend it, especially if you're making your way through Asian horror, which I do. I also watched a movie called Lights Out, and I'm just skipping to another thing I watched unless there's something yeah, no, else you want to do. Go for it. There, no, no, no. Do you have another one? Mm-mm. Okay. So I also watched a 2016 movie called Lights Out. Ooh, it's this a looks good. mystery th- uh, thriller horror, uh, 77 minutes long. Let me read the little doodad. When Rebecca, who's played by Teresa Palmer, left home, she thought that her childhood fears were behind her. As a young girl growing up, she was never really sure of what was real when the lights went out at night. Now her brother, Martin, who's played by Gabriel Bateman, is experiencing the same unexplained and terrifying events that jeopardized her safety and sanity. So holding a mysterious attachment to their mother, who's played by Maria Bello. I see that. 
love her. Yeah. A supernatural entity has returned with a vengeance to torment the entire family. Now, this is also a movie in line with The Eighth Night that had, but this one has like a creepy creature, human creature thing that's like a ghosty, but it's also super creepy and in the shadows mm-hmm. and it moves funny. You know how they do. Yeah. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Have you, have you heard of this one or looked at this one at all? Uh, no, but I, it looks really good and I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, I think it would be absolutely one that you would like. So it's a solid watch. Lights out. I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah, I liked the performances. If you like boys, Gabriel Bateman happens to be a hottie. It's gotten pretty good reviews. It's on Hulu. And obviously the runtime is in line with, you know, <laughs> what's really acceptable these days, which is, you know. 80 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And it did get pretty good reviews. So it's not just me. I think it was based on a short story of the same name. Let me look that up really quickly. Yeah. Adapted. Oh, it was a short film. That's what it was. So David F. Sandberg made a short film that was about this and then adapted it into a big one. Very cool. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'd probably watch this. It's kind of frightening. I mean, again, Nothing you haven't seen before. It's not that kind of movie. It's not like blowing the originality out of the water. Mm-hmm. And Maria Bello, who I have always very much enjoyed. And honestly, I was watching this cold as I try to do like, hey, what's this? Click. Mm, that's what I do. You know, or I look up, you know, top 10 movies of 2019 or 2016 or something. And then these mo- or you know, movies you haven't seen from 2016. You guys probably do these searches, too, if you're. If you're really a, a horror movie file, but I'll do that search and then it'll come up and there'll be a bunch of movies I haven't seen and I'll just pick one that I like the synopsis of. And I definitely like ghosty possessions, stuff like that. So this was one of those. And Maria Bella's in it. And if you like her, she's awesome in it as always. I mean, she's an adjunct character, but she's a crazy mom. So yeah. that's cool. always good. Awesome. So we hope you are faring well in wherever you live. It's uh, July 23rd today. So very hot where we live. Yeah. Hot and humid in many parts of the country. Yep. Probably just getting more hot and humid as we move into August and September. But we hope you stay cool and have a great time with your summer watches. I know we are. We have completed our Shark Week viewing. When we're recording this, we haven't completed it. <laughs> but by the time this airs, we have, we will have watched so many Shark Week horror movies. <laughs> we hope that you have too <laughs> uh, and that are inspired to watch some more. So thank you so much for listening to this show, our Shrink Chat show. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, please consider subscribing and sharing our episodes on your social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as checking out our Patreon page. And don't ever hesitate to contact us. If you don't want to contact us on social media, you can use the email at terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.